0: Hey there, it's Corey Andrew of the Core Issues Podcast. As a journalist, pop culture commentator, and recording artist, creative experiences and having strong opinions are a big part of my life. On the Core Issues with Corey Andrew Podcast, I'll be sharing those opinions. And you may not always agree, but I welcome the discussion on a range of topics, from social matters and politics to entertainment, LGBTQ issues, conversations with celebrity guests, and of course, talking to everyday people doing extraordinary things. Bob the Drag Queen is an activist, comedian, and reality television personality best known for winning the eighth season of RuPaul's Drag Race. New York Magazine placed Bob eighth on their list of the top 100 most powerful drag queens in America. I recently chatted with Bob and we discussed his drag superstardom and the new HBO Max docu-series, We're Here. Hi, Corey. How are you? I'm um, well, thank you. Hey there, Bob, the drag queen. Happy uh, hey. happy Thursday to you. Thank you. So where are you um, self-isolating from right now?
1: Well, I mean, I am... Uh stuff I say, my name is my partner, and I am in New York City, Washington Heights.,
0: man. Oh, okay, I love that neighborhood. What a transition it's made over the years. Well, I love that neighborhood, I had friends up there, and I live in Jersey City, so I can see y'all right across the water, basically.
1: I'll wait, i'm I'm in my window waiting. Now. <laughs> I'll see you.
0: Well, look, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today with Instinct Magazine. I'm Corey Andrew, and I just wanted to ask a few questions, and they're the same questions basically I did ask of Shangela and of Eureka, because they're just so kind of relative to the show. But you individually, though, just a little background. So you won season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race, and New York Magazine listed you as one of the most powerful top 100 drag queens in America. I mean, that's a big yeah. accomplishment. That's a lot of people.
1: Yeah, that was. Shock. I didn't realize that I was so powerful. I mean, I don't want to question their validity. I they're they're a magazine, so <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: just, I'm just I'm just some powerful drag queen. What do I know? <laughs> but what do you think it is that kind of got you on that list, though? Girl, I don't <laughs> <laughs> see. I don't, we no, doing Oprah guess now, guess ain't
1: some, we? <laughs> I guess some queen just was writing down who they thought was great and powerful. I mean, the truth there's lots of other drag queens who are. I mean, just as I'm putting the word powerful in quotes or, mm-hmm. uh, or less or more powerful than me, I just happen to get lucky enough to make it on this person's list, I guess, yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, probably maybe it's like the fact that I went to race and travel around, I used to go out of activism in the streets, yeah, um, maybe it's like a social media following thing. I don't know what how I got on that list,
0: but, mm-hmm. I'm not but, complaining. but you're on it, yes, and so and it's also for me, it's very rare. Um, it's almost like a rare unicorn for me to meet people who are actually born and raised in New York because it's such a transient cin- uh, city where we've all come oh, there. I am
1: not born. I am not born and raised in New York. Oh, okay. So you're See, not born
0: from, in New York. So you, you live in New York, no, but you're no, not no, from New York.
1: I have lived in New York City for 12 years now, but I am from the South. I'm actually from Atlanta.
0: Oh, okay. You're from Atlanta. So like I'm I said, it's from, a, I'm from a lot of, I'm from a lot of towns. I'm from Georgia, Alabama,
1: Mississippi, just sum it up. Mostly from Georgia, but I was raised in like Columbus, Georgia, then I moved to Phoenix City, Alabama, then I moved to LaGrange, Georgia, then I moved wow. to Mississippi. So oh I'm actually goodness. not I am i I just happen to have been living here for a long time and people associated with New
0: York City, but I'm actually from Atlanta. Yeah, I assumed so, even with that attitude. But see that goes to show you what I was talking about where it's like a rare it's a it's a unicorn to, to actually meet someone yeah, who's born my, my, in my
1: best friend Monet Exchange is actually uh born and raised in Brooklyn.
0: Wow. Um yeah, that's something. Well, listen, I want to say congratulations on the show. We're here on HBO. And uh, the premise of the show, of course, is you, along with Eureka and Shangela, you go across America. And it's a very transformative show in which you sort of impact the lives of aspiring drag queens, but you also impact the locals around the neighborhood and the town as well. So what's that? What was that experience like for you kind of going across America out of your safety zone and into these communities? Well, to
1: be fair, they're not all aspiring drag queens. Some of them are quite reluctant drag queens.
0: (laughs) Oh. Depending
1: on, you know, once they've evolved, what all goes into it. Mm. Um, And some of them are already, some of them are already like, that that was drag queens. So basically what we do is we we go from town to town and we work with locals to put on a once once in a lifetime, one time only, completely unique drag show in uh, these towns. And a lot of the folks are making their... Uh, drag debuts. Some of them are even making their performance debuts.
0: Mm. So they've never been in front of a, an audience before. So you're really bringing them out of their shell in that regard.
1: Yeah, some of them are like completely strangers to the world of performance at all.
0: Mm. And did you experience, uh, I would say, pushback? I mean, you know, there's three drag queens going through town. Uh, you know, wreaking havoc. As far as the trailer is concerned, you know, y'all were really whooping it up. So, did you have any uh, situations where there were people who were a little reluctant, or did you get pushed back at all?
1: Yeah, a couple of times. We had the cops called on us a few times, but for the most part, people were really lovely. I mean, a couple of comments here and there, like calling us freaks or saying things like, "Wow, you know, this town has certainly changed a lot." Hasn't it? it's you know, really, really <laughs> weird here in 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 um, Farmington or where, where we were living. Those things. But for the most part, people are really excited to, like, see us and come to the show and support the local town.
0: Yeah. And also being called a freak, I mean, for New York City, that's very tame. You're like, okay. Um, oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> like, girl, that's the best you got. I'm <laughs> I mean, good. Right. <laughs> exactly. Now, did you find that there was one city in particular, though, that um, you made the most impact that for you was a personal memory where, like, you know what? That town and this particular person, this is going to really stay with me. Did you have one of those moments?
1: Well, maybe because it's our first city, but like you know after the show wrapped in Gatesburg, which is our first town, I remember thinking to myself, "Oh my goodness, this show's gonna be a big deal, and we we're actually genuinely helping lots of people in telling people stories and thats also probably because it was the first episode, and I was just so wrapped up in emotions and like we did it, and you know and normally it was like nine to ten days, think like that first episode was probably almost fifteen days, like it was so it was it was a pilot, you know what I mean? mm, yeah um. And it was just a really remarkable moment to, to see it all come into light in the end.
0: Mm. Yeah, because with pilots, people don't realize too, like when you're doing pilots, there's so much of that that is unknown. So you, or you're working on that a lot more than when you have the formula down, right? So yeah. that's a definite. Doing a
1: lot of spaghetti at the wall.
0: Mm. <laughs> exactly. Now, this is probably going a little bit backwards, but I wanted to kind of um, just at the end here ask you specifically, when did you start doing drag?
1: I started doing drag uh, when I was 22 years old. You know, I moved to New York City to be a, a comedian and, a, and an actor. Um, and when I got here, I saw a Drag Race on TV, and I said, wow, that looks like so much fun. I bet I could do that. Mm. Like, I bet I could do that pretty well. And then from there, I just started tr- giving it a shot. I was like, you know what? I'm going to see if I can do it. I'm going I'm to try. And then I just started doing drag. I, I got really uh, deeply embedded in the drag scene here in New York City. All of my friends at one point were drag queens, um, <laughs> and after just like getting involved in the community so much and like realizing how much it meant to me, I um I realized this is this is what I'm, this is my thing. This is what I'm gonna do. Mm.
0: That's what I think is so fascinating about this whole show premise. Um, As I was mentioning to Eureka, really, the show, for example, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, the original one, it came out as more of like a kind of a fun show of just like a bunch of gay men teaching straight men how to, you know, be more suave and fabulous. But then the new reboot of the show had this whole other premise where they really go into towns and communities and like they transform people and they change attitudes. So I, uh, I think it's pretty fascinating that drag... Is now in that same vein, right? Because you have a whole, there's a whole emotional component to the show. It's not just you guys show up and throw glitter around.
1: Yeah, well, I think also too, in terms of you know going back to the original Queer Eye for the Trick, that with Carson Kressley, it is it, I think it's important to acknowledge that at that time, what that show was doing was extremely groundbreaking. And maybe that's how they had, they, it had to be fun and lighthearted for people to see it because mm. that was, bear in mind, that was not in 2010 or 2008 or 2000 whatever It was a really long time ago. And a lot of the people who, you know, were on that show really did have their lives affected. And to me, it doesn't seem strange that drag would be in the same vein because I always say drag queens are, like I said, drag queens are a lot like human beings. So, you know, any experience that you can have, a drag queen can have too. Mm.
0: You know? Yeah, and listen, and thank you for that because you know I, I um, because I realized as I, as you gave me your answer there, I realized that my question may have positioned that first show in a very dismissive way, and and I, and I, I realized that you're so correct because when Queer Eye did come out, just the representation and having them there and having the show become popular, oh, yeah. and it, that really was a big deal. So Carson, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I mean,
1: to, to, to put, long story short, sure, if Queer Eye. I mean, I don't. I can't make a direct correlation and say for sure, but I can say this positively: if queer eye for the straight guy didn't exist, then queer eye would have certainly never existed. Yeah. And who knows? Their drag race would have existed. Who knows? Who knows? Right. Like when 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 people do stuff before me, even if it has problematic tones, or whatever, I try kind to of see the good in what came out of it, and understand that the you know times are different, yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. So I just think to myself, I'm grateful for you know, RuPaul's Drag Race and Tuong Fu and Pacifica in the Desert and uh, Paris is Burning. Yes, yes. And Holiday Heart and uh, Victoria and Hedwig and all that stuff that came beforehand was truly entrenched this stuff in queer and drag culture so that I can, you know, be here on this call with you.
0: Oh, wow. That's lovely. No, it's so true. It just like everything you mentioned each time, it just chipped a little bit more away of that wall, right? And here we are today.
1: Hopefully we're here, we'll be mentioned the same thing. Maybe maybe in 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Somebody say, yeah. yeah, so there'll be a, a reboot of We're Here. <laughs> <laughs> With some, like, really young hip drag queens. And I'll just be saying, I'm just so glad that I was able to be a part of that show.
0: Yes, that'd be, well, no, you're right, because that means you're part of legacy and change and progress. And believe me, uh, you're clearly, that show is going to be amazing. And it's already in the history book. So you've already done your mark. So listen, last question for you, which is more of a fun one. Um, our editor, Adam at Instinct Magazine, he had me ask Shangela this. Uh, and then, of course, I asked Eureka. And I will ask you, who are the influences, female or whomever, that created Bob the Drag Queen? Like, who are the inspirations that she looks up to?
1: Yeah, well, for me, it's um, Whoopi Goldberg, Carol Channing, Mm. Michelle Obama, Martha Caldwell, my mom. Mm. Um, Those are probably, and Chris Rock, those are, like, (laughs) really strong influences in my life between, like, Strings, comedy, performance, professionalism that have contributed to the creature that is Bob the Drag Race.
0: Wow. Well, those are all wonderful. I love all of them too, and it's kind of funny. I was like, "Oh, they're all black," and then you said Carol Channing, but then we found out that Carol Channing was black too. Remember? So
1: one, one black.
0: <laughs> so yeah, Mister Girl was that Sylvia's having her chicken wing. She claimed it. I love her. So I, uh, I
1: have a Carol Channing tattoo on my arm. That's how much I love I have the Whoopi Goldberg and the Carol Channing
0: tattoo. Do you really? You have a t- yeah, right on my phone well i do love carol as well um thoroughly modern millie when i saw that as a child that she was like the best thing in it although i love julie andrews too so i I share that love of miss carol channing with you and
1: yeah carol's amazing
0: yeah she really is she was something else bob the drag queen darling i thank you so much for your time again today and uh the show hbo i wish you all the success in the world with it i look forward to hearing more from you in the future my pleasure be well thank you so much take care bye bye now Thank you for listening to Core Issues with me, Corey Andrew. For future episodes, please subscribe to this podcast. On Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, you can follow me at Corey Andrew and follow the Core Issues Facebook page at Core Issues Media.